Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Music. Music. Horror. Horror. Subculture. Subculture. And overall overall badass. Welcome 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 to Kettle Kettle Whistle Whistle Radio. Radio. With your host, host, Dave Dave and Sean. Sean. Hey. How you doing out there in quarantine land? As the coronavirus spreads its tyranny across the nation and the world, I'm hoping a lot of you are in good spirits and hope you're with family, hopefully taking care of each other and staying off the streets. And if you are not around old people, stay away from old people because you will hurt them with this said virus. Uh, yeah, we're here to keep you company. Sean's around. Uh, we got a few snippets here and there from other people calling in. Uh, we have a show coming up. You guys remember a band called Tad, a grunge band? And they became Paw, P-A-W, uh, 90s band. Well, they also have reinvented themselves yet again in recent years as Godzillionaire. And you're going to hear them on our uh, during these uh, quarantine arcs of the apocalypse. Let's see what they're up to. They are making music, and they're very popular, actually. The music's awesome, Godzillionaire. I look forward to it. But coming up right now, uh, we've got a man on the street here, Kevin Matthews, with his pulse in rock and roll. And always clear thinking by ways of guitar. Kevin Matthews, a guitar aficionado, and uh, tells it like it is. And we have an interesting little segment that you will agree to disagree with. And uh, we're talking... What were the gateway drugs to heavy metal? Other than the, there's the big five. You're going to hear from... Let's just talk about the Iron Maiden contingent and Van Halen and Led Zeppelin and Sabbath. And who's that other one? Anywho, what were the gateway drugs outside of the big heavy hitters? We're going to discuss that and bring up some old bands and see what you think. And chime in. Hey, feel free to let us know what you think anytime. You find all our shows here on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, YouTube now. We're on YouTube. And also, of course, www.fairlydarkproductions.com. All the episodes are there. All right. And again, I hope everybody's doing okay. Um, We heard from Heather and Nicole 
other cronies of the show. Uh, we had them call in. We talked to them for a bit. They're surviving. You'll hear a little bit from them in future um, <laughs> Apocalypso episodes. Yeah, so this is Apocalypso 3. And uh, we got Kevin Matthews calling in. And uh, we're going to stir things up here with a little Liliac first. Remember them? Of course you do. And now this.
Thing rolling here. I don't know how much time you have. How much time do you have? I probably have at least an hour for Yeah. Oh, we won't. We don't have to go that long. I'm trying to yeah. keep these like short, uh, like short and steady um, spurts of uh, KWR. Keep people motivated. Give them something to listen to and uh, maybe laugh at. And I'm sure I'm going to get a lash back for using the word apocalypso. But whatever, you know. Honestly. All right. Well. We are here. I did promise you guys, first of all, thanks for listening to Kettle Whistle Radio. I promised you guys that Kevin Matthews, Kevin the man on the street, would be back. We've been discussing this, uh, which probably probably been discussing it half our lives. Uh, it's been going on for a while. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how this crazy idea popped in there, the twist on it happened, but we've had some laughs over this one. Oh, hell yeah, man. It's true. Uh, we're talking here, gateway drugs to heavy metal. Now... You guys, free bass, whatever the heck you want. We had our thing, which was, uh, well, music. I'm just going for music right now. If you guys want to chime in later on, this is an ongoing thing. You could always send me what, what other drugs you're on. I'll, I'll listen. I'm a good listener. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so gateway drug this, to heavy metal. Yeah, this kind of thing, it, it can be different things to other people, but I, I think some people hopefully will find some of these in common. Yes. Because... Uh, you know, there's a time in your life where you're you're young, you're like 10, 11 years old, and you're into whatever's popular on the radio. You know, you got Hall and Oates, and I always joke Hall and Oates and Huey Lewis in the news, and <laughs> make a jump at one point. You say, hmm, what was that? And then three years down the road, you're listening to Iron Maiden and Metallica. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's Seriously. a transition point somewhere. It's important. <laughs> gateway drugs. Yes. At all. Well, it's important to note, too, folks, that we are eliminating Well Maiden. No Kiss, no Van Halen, no Zeppelin, no Black Sabbath. These are, you know, the stepping stone. Th those things are obvious. We know this. Slayer! 
So I'm going to make a comment on metal. Well, first, I'm going to say, well, I'm going to reference a couple obvious ones. Uh, you know, uh, Iron Maiden was initially almost more of a rock band than a metal band, so I would say that the rock Iron Maiden led me towards the metal Iron Maiden. Uh, Number of the Beast, that album, that song, has some, I would say, Halen-esque, Van Halen-esque characteristics. Uh, so I think there's some genre crossover right there. Uh, also, maybe obvious, uh, The Who, uh, Quadrophenia especially, was an important album for me that I listened to about 10 million times. Uh, the Real Me, you could arguably call a metal song. It was, of course, uh, covered by Wasp. Uh, and Townsend's approach to songwriting has uh, metal qualities, I would say. His use of power chords. Uh, his literary subject matter and the whininess of his voice and his lyrical content I think works as metal uh, I like the uh, the whiny vocalist approach in metal the uh, you know the Ozzy Osbourne uh, why were you so mean to me uh, third grade kid kind of uh, lyrical approach uh, and then I would also say uh, Kansas especially the Mask album, their third album, uh, is another album I listened to a million times. And that has, uh, you know, the, the symphonic qualities of hard rock leading towards uh, uh, metal, pro uh, prog metal. Uh, Icarus, uh, Wings of Steel from that album, and uh, then... Uh, the last half of Side 2, what is it, uh, Mysteries and Mayhem and The Pinnacle, definitely uh, looking forward to uh, symphonic metal. Uh, amazing stuff. So, I think that's it. Talk to you later. Um, but there's got to be little stepping stones in between where you were obviously not all those guys were on the radio. You heard something on the radio as a kid in the backseat of your, your dad's car. He's playing something, whatever. And he turned off Deep Purple because you wanted to hear it. Um, <laughs> you know, that's that's the bottom line to that. You know, so you go seek it out. And that's what our generation, me and Kevin and people our age, we had to go seek it out because dad always turned it off. And yeah. uh, Hall of Notes is a very good example of that. But before we dig in deep, I, I did want to say this. I like to throw anecdotes out there. Um, uh, this moment in history, I just learned this today, actually. This moment in history, do you know this, Kevin? You probably don't care. Most people don't. However, <laughs> I do. M the, the, the voices of Mickey and Minnie Mouse actually got married and had a very happy life, happy ever after life. Did you know that? I did not know that. I learned, like I said, this moment in history. Didn't happen today, but I just learned this today, so it's my moment in history. <laughs> <laughs> Selfish thing. That is a bizarre fact. It is a bizarre fact. They had a happy ever after. The voices of Mickey and Minnie. Anywho, so back to this. We're talking about gateway drugs to heavy metal. What got us deranged in high school? Uh, and before that, for some of us, and thereafter. Uh, what's first on your list, Mr. Matthews? Um... 
one of the biggest ones for me. So if I could just state that my full transition when I really believe I was into heavy metal was probably around 1985-ish. Okay. When I really, truly said, okay, this is my thing here. So before that, just a couple of years before, uh, this band typically, well, they're known as a a Texas blues band. Hmm. Uh, ZZ Top. Nice pick. Released an album in 1983, I believe, called Eliminator. Yes. Um, the song Give Me All Your Lovin', the first yep. track released off of it. You know, MTV at the time, freshly you know, only a couple of years old playing videos. And uh, yep. this song, The Heavy Guitars. Now, again, they were they were a blues band. Yep. Uh, and so for them, this was a bit of a departure, maybe, I guess, they, you know. Yeah, an eliminator. Oh, geez, I, um, I purchased that. And it's kind of an ongoing joke among Long Island people that have called in here in the, uh, the, uh, the mall where nobody goes, uh, where Caldor was. <laughs> what was the name of that mall? Center Reach oh. Mall? That was, I believe it was there. Yeah, I bought it at Caldor. Uh, yeah, that cassette, and I, I beat the shit out of that cassette. Sharp Dressed Man, there's so many great tunes on that thing. Yeah. And I, yeah. I have to note that, I have to tell you, I saw them last year with another band that is a gateway drug to heavy metal, and mostly uh, they influence a lot of punk people. I saw them with um, last year, um, God, oh, I can't believe I just, a Cheap Trick. I saw Cheap Trick. Um, okay. che- yeah, Cheap Trick and ZZ Top, and I got to say, amazing. Both bands were absolutely amazing. Yeah, like uh, Cheap Trick, uh, they always picture. I always picture them as like a stadium band, like a huge. Yeah, and they were. You know, here, here they are. It's just a small band, and mm-hmm. but they sounded so huge. They had quite a presence. So a lot of punk rockers, including uh, uh, the bands uh, that I've had, actually play in my house in my basement here. Um, the Cheats being one, they cover. They love Surrender. Surrender is a punk rock mm-hmm. anthem to them. I, little known fact, if you're not into the punk rock scene. But yeah, so but I have to go with ZZ Top. That's a huge one, man. That's a good pick, definitely. Um, I, I guess I'll throw one out here. There should be this one. I, I should have said no to this, but Deep Purple <laughs> kind of sneaks in there. Um, I wasn't the hugest fan, but Smoke in the Water, of course, first guitar riffs I ever learned next to a couple of Beatles ones. But okay. Deep Purple, Smoke on the Water, that opened up a lot of things to the heavier, heavier bands. If you listen to the Soulfly, Sepulturas, and people like that, they were really, and they even covered, uh, Smo- actually, Sepultura, yeah. I believe. They were a yeah. jump because their, their back patches were on a lot of denim, oh, yeah. denim jackets back then. You got that right. Holy shit, yeah. Yeah, yeah you saw Deep Purple and, and Ride Lightning everywhere. And then <laughs> we won't even get to the, 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 the uh, I mean, uh, Slayer, and on top of that, Maiden, let's say, they ruled the roost on the back of denim back jackets. Patches, yeah. Iron Maiden yeah. ruled the roost. Um, I would say T-shirts. Anthrax. I am straying a little bit here, but Anthrax. Okay. Even um, Sebastian Bach said there were more Anthrax shirts than there were uh, collared shirts at one point. <laughs> if you went downtown New York when they were when they were huge, um, but yeah, Anthrax had a way of marketing T-shirts. I will say. I, I had, somehow I ended up with a couple of. Them. <laughs> yeah, and you weren't even a fan yet. I don't think. <laughs> I mean, a fan. You know what? It's hard to not. I shouldn't say that. We were fan. If you see them live, how can you not be a fan? You be. It's it's yeah. it's a yeah. physical sport at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it truly is. We're talking full contact pit. And if you're in the stadium and, and me and Kevin were there, you weren't safe there either. <laughs> I got tossed out of the stadium. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a long story. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff. That you know, was, yeah. I've ever been kicked out of before. Yeah, that, hilarious. Eh? That was the, uh, we're going back to the Headbangers Ball concert back in the day with Exodus, uh, Halloween, 
Anthrax, and was Overkill there? Uh, they may yeah. not. Did they yeah, open yeah. up? I think they opened up. Yeah, it I was Overkill. Them. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. So Deep Purple. I think they're a big gateway drug to heavy metal, and a lot of people will tell you they just were heavy metal. <laughs> Still going. They got the longevity. Um, yeah, a lot of these yeah. kind of fall into a hard rock category, but it was really certain, almost like certain songs by yeah. these bands also. Like, not all of it was leaning to metal. And uh, Very true. Another example I have here would be the band Foreigner. Boom, right on my list. I, yes. was, I was still in grade school when the song Hot Blooded came out. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not a metal song, but there's... There's some heavy rock guitars in there and uh, metal connotations, you know, <laughs> really good, good riffs. So, uh, yeah, I don't forget that one. Definitely not. Uh, I, I own uh, 45s of theirs. I own Double Vision. That is that's a metal riff. Double Vision yeah. is a power chord, you know, yeah. um, cold as ice. I wasn't into that. I am waiting for a girl like you, all that stuff. That was the flip side. I think waiting for a girl. I think that was the flip side of yeah. urgent. Probably yeah. like mid 80s or so. And, yeah. you know, they did some ballads, but. These guys could rock. Yeah, they I could. I saw them uh, a couple of summers ago. I saw them live, and they opened, uh, like you said, with the song Double Vision. Yeah. And uh, just great. Just that, great. Great rock. Jeff Pilsen on bass. Yeah, it is the Jeff Pilsen band now. <laughs> so we proved our theory while talking about this. Jeff Pilsen, Dokken, yeah. bass player yeah. to all you novices. Metal he, band, yeah. He, metal band. He is foreigner, as far as I know right now. <laughs> Is there one original member outside of him, even though he's not an original member? Uh, I don't know. I think there's a couple. Uh, you know. <laughs> Foreigner's a huge one. I Actually, yes. I, back in the day, I had Smoke in the Water on 45. I was buying Foreigner at the same time. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's go with the same time period. Blue Oyster Cult, our Long Island boys. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they made us cross over. I mean, they made it into a Halloween movie, of course. But the total <laughs> metal, they got everything. They have the whole package. The uh, you could you could start with the album covers and the art, you know, and then yeah. you could go back to like their variety of songs. There's a lot of hard, heavy songs there. I don't know that they were ever labeled metal. They're still classic rock, right? Uh, they'd probably be classic rock, but once again, it's it's like a stepping stone. Yes. It was it was that jump from, you know, the mainstream, and it was just a step toward, you know, what your appetite for that, those heavy riffs. Absolutely, I I agree. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, it is definitely your turn. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, well, I know you're not a huge fan of this guy, and I don't know if I wasn't supposed to bring this guy up. Oh, I don't know. But the Red Rocker. Oh, I know you. You're not a fan of Three Lockbox. Oh, I don't like that song. Yeah, because it gets but, in my head. And I, I recently had an interaction with the Three Lockbox, which is strange. But I'll, that doesn't matter at this but point. For but, me, that song was another one where, you know, again, MTV was on 20 times a day. Yeah. At the time, and. Uh, well, Van so, Van Hagar, I liked. Um, no, Sammy Hagar, I think is a great guy, and can't drive 55. You can't, you cannot, he's definitely a gateway. Sammy Hagar, Montrose, I mean, you can't deny he definitely is a West Coast influenced into the metal scene. Um, Even though he, he, but he branches out. The dude can rock and he's a nice guy. I would love to party with him in Cabo Abo. That's what I, oh, absolutely. I don't drink tequila, but I would definitely do it that night. (laughs) (laughs) I got a weird one here because I was throwing this out to other people. 
And um, this one, I I wanted to be wrong, and I wasn't. Um, somebody threw at me, I'll say, Miss D, Paul McCartney and Wings. Now, the reason she said that was, well, I don't know. She said when they were heavier, and they had incredible guitars. I can't think of his name right now. Um, when they were heavy, I mean, you, you go back to the Paul and the Beatles days with Revolution, and um, there's so many heavy Beatles songs that wouldn't be considered heavy by today's standards, but... You know what? Uh, Guns N' Roses did redo Live and Let Die. So I yeah. think it qualifies. It does qualify. Um, I don't. I didn't really like it. I mean, Shannon Hoon showed up in the video. They're on top of the, the I guess, it, was it the World Trade Center they were shooting that from? Oh, wow. It might have been. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know if it was. I could be wrong. I know Limp Bizkit freaking did that. But um, I know <laughs> Shannon Hoon was in the video, and nobody knew exactly who he was, except that they knew him from the Blind Melon video, if you caught that first. But uh, yeah. yeah, Paul McCartney and Wings. Um, yeah, that song was aggressive. So yeah, yes, so, uh, right. It was a James Bond theme. <laughs> I don't know. But all right, what you got next? All right, uh, this was one of my favorite ones from the early '80s. I remember seeing them again, probably on MTV. But uh, right away, I I caught the riffs and the guitars in it. Okay. And uh, that's Lover Boy. Boom! Oh, I'm sitting here looking right at it. I know we we there we have discussed this before. <laughs> <laughs> this one we've talked about, yeah. yeah. Turn me through lucky ones. Yep. Uh, just great guitars in that. Yep. Yep. My brother and I always joked. Uh, Paul Dean, I believe, is the name of <laughs> the guitarist. Yeah. In the band, and uh, you know, at the time, for all we knew, this guy was the greatest guitar player there was. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all we knew, <laughs> right? We still, you know, the, today we'll call each other up and say, "Hey, you know who the best guitar player in the world is?" He'll say. Paul Dean, and I'm like, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Meanwhile, uh, folks, you need to know, Mr. Matthews and his brother, I th- your brother dabbled in guitar too, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. they're both, actually, um, Kevin's a very good musician. He knows good guitar, so this is making it that much more funny <laughs> that that would be your pick. This is a guy, you know, got me into Yngwie Malmsteen, you know. <laughs> well, Yngwie was, I guess, playing with Tinker Toys while Loverboy was breaking through, huh? Yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, this, this predates my uh, my getting into him even. So, well, let's give folks a little taste of the glam right now. Well, we can go with heavy metal as we knew it in the '80s. Um, we'll give a little taste right now, and we'll come right back with a discussion on the gateway drug to heavy metal. Thanks for listening, folks. Right.
And that was Hannon Tramp with Take It, a throwback to Glam off of the Barn soundtrack. Very cool indie horror movie. And we're back, folks. Thanks for listening to Kettlewhistle Radio during the apocalypse. So, um, yeah, this is part three in an ongoing series because we never know when the apocalypse is actually going to end. <laughs> That's fun. All right. So, no Kiss, no Van Halen, no Zeppelin, no Black Sabbath. Deep Purple made the cut. The rest of them, uh, the reason, I mean, we all know those guys are huge metal influences. We're looking for those little in-betweeners that you heard on the radio that kind of turned you on to that guitar where I need more of this. And I have Brian, Brian, I have your brother on the line. I have Kevin Matthews on the line. <laughs> Maybe we'll get your brother on sometime. Kevin Matthews, guitar aficionado and man on the street for Kettle Whistle Radio. What do you got next? Okay, here's uh, one definitely not a metal band, but early 80s. Uh, I'm going to go with Jefferson Starship. Wow. Oh, if you say the song, if you, we did not talk before this. If you say the song, it's going to blow me away. Go ahead. I'm going to say Jane. Holy shit. I love that song. Jane is a rocking tune. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that. Mickey Thomas on the vocals. That guy could could really yes. drive a tune. Um, and they they had a couple of other ones in there. Jane, uh, find your way back. Oh wow! You know, heavy rock song. Um, uh, Winds of change. And not not really a a hard song. So I'm gonna go with uh, find your way back and uh, mm, definitely change. Jane. Do you know Jane had a resurgence not too long ago in the mid, well, I, I want to say like 2010-ish. Uh, it was a theme song to that Wet Hot American Summer, which was that comedy series on Netflix about a bunch of people that were too old to be camp counselors being camp counselors. They were like comedians and writers and actors. And uh, it's like an eight-episode uh, <laughs> miniseries. Really ridiculous. It's like Meatballs if they made it now and everybody's too old to be there. And it's really funny. But uh, Jane is the theme song. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Getting, I, a, getting another check. Yeah. yeah. It brought me back. It brought me back. Uh, this, uh, I'll say this for our friend because he drove us crazy with this. Triumph. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a certain, a certain on Steve. My, on my list. <laughs> a certain Steve person from high school uh, drove us crazy with Triumph. It never left his cassette player. No. No. no <laughs> but why? Why? He had a couple of them just always dialed up. Yep. Seriously, yeah. Like, you, you try to hand over a white snake or a docking. Like, no, no, we're listening. To get, get the fuck out of here. You, know, you just push your hand away and slip the cassette right And there we go. We'll try them for the next half hour. <laughs> that, that was the voice. Definitely a gateway drug to metal, just the sound of his voice. Yeah, yeah our friend Steve, yes, he was a gateway drug to metal. The first guy we knew that had CDs. Yeah. Yeah. We got to hear yeah. the music, what it was supposed to sound like anyway. The CDs, um, and he would make you copies on, he was the only person I knew with a dual cassette deck. Yes. Yep. And uh, Equalizer and all that. Yeah. Fantasy. Oh, it was great. Yep, yep. He actually helped in uh, my uh, home surround sound system recently. So big ups to <laughs> Mr. Steve Mitchell, if you're listening. We know you're not. Just another quick thing. He, This is the guy. He had a Metallica on one side of a cassette. And the flip side was Kansas greatest hits. Kansas. So yes. ride the lightning and then you flip it over and it's 
Kansas. So that's more proof. Kansas is a gateway drug to metal. <laughs> it worked Character on one point. guy. It worked on one guy. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's funny. Oh man, you, I forgot that. But back to the Lover Boy thing, though. Turn me loose. I gotta say, the Lover Boy. That if if you know that song, whether you know it or not, if you heard it back then, that guitar riff and the solo were pretty aggressive for the type of band they were. Um, it was kind of heavy. It was one of the first songs I actually tried to learn and did learn on the guitar because it was just so. I don't know, it's kind of easy, but the solo was not easy. And that was your boy, what's his name? Uh, Paul Dean. Thank you. <laughs> the best yeah. guitarist in the world. Greatest, great <laughs> guitar player in the world. There we go. All right, we'll say, should we say he was a great guitar player in, in the world? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll, let's go with that. <laughs> I'll, I'll give a little. He's got a little love today. You just don't know it yet. All right, what's next on your list, man? Okay, uh, this was, for me, so I started to take guitar lessons uh, around the age of 13. And one of the first songs I wanted to learn was this one by Night Ranger. Ooh. Don't Tell Me You Love Me. Okay, thank God you didn't say the other one. No, it, I don't think any of the other ones would really count. I think this is the only one that was really heavy, I would say, by them. And just great guitars. Hmm. Again, another couple of great guitar players, um, Brad Gillis and... Jeff Watson, uh, and they trade guitar solos in the middle. So right there, there you go. Were they the first of like the super groups you, th you think? And then Night Ranger became uh, damn Yankees kind of. Yeah. They kind of, I don't know what happened to them after a while. Or Ted you know? Nugent, Ted Nugent and his ego pretty much. What happened to them? I think happened to, I think foreigner also, they released a ballad or oh, two and, yeah. uh, it, it kind of, that was it. Pigeonholed, know? yeah. And you know what? Metallica waited till one, if you want to call that a ballad, or let's say Fade to Black, not a ballad. They kept going. Yep. What? One would be their ballad, but they waited four albums in. <laughs> you know, yep. Let, let's get a base here on what yeah, we're about. And first. even that one gets heavy at the end. Oh, I, yeah. I give them uh, the song Unforgiven was like, oof. That was probably their softest. Uh, nothing else splatters. Can't get, I will never listen to that song entirely. Oh. Yeah, I the, can't do it. Not a couple of my favorites there. Can't do it. But yeah, all right. So Lover Boy, we're going back to him. We did Triumph. What is it? Um, what's this, the big Triumph song that gets in your head? It's like, uh, oh, in the game, uh, the something. First one I'm I'm familiar with was World of Fantasy. Ah, ooh, and that will bring you to your next one that you you had there. Speaking oh, of fantasy, you know, okay. Uh, I forget which one I was going to go with. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, were you going to say uh, Aldo? Let's go Aldo Nova. Aldo Nova. Yeah. Fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah, that, it's, I, I think that's a gateway. I, don't, I wouldn't call that song metal, but a lot of people will say no. But then I don't call Bon Jovi metal, and a lot of people will say, hey, he was in Metal Edge and Circus Magazine. Mm -hmm. Def Leppard. You know what? Here's the thing. If you see these bands live, and when you see Def Leppard live, they're heavy as fuck. Um, bon Jovi, I never got yeah. to see live. I think there's way too many uh, sing-alongs there. I don't see them a heavy band. Although I think Richie Sambora is a great guitarist. Um, one of yeah. the best. You know, I give him respect. I don't call Bon Jovi a metal band, but Def Leppard, I say borderline metal band. But before all of that, what were we talking about? <laughs> oh yeah, Aldo Nova. Aldo Nova. He was found. He was found that that guy was friends with Bon Jovi, and, and I think. Uh, when we were just getting out of high school, Slippery When Wet was winding up. Bon Jovi took Aldo Nova out on tour, and mm. that's where he made his bones. And, every, and when I got to Pennsylvania, people loved him out here. 
I just like that song. I'll uh, sort of, <laughs> sort of like Crocus. I can't say I know anything else by him. Nothing else caught my ear, but that's right. a great song. It is. All right, yeah. Okay, so Aldenova. We'll give you that. That's a good gateway. Uh, let's see. We should get into another song here because I do have a list of songs to play. Uh, we'll throw something at you right now. See if you like it. Let us know. And we'll get me and Kevin will get right back to you. And thanks for listening.
was Prowess doing Long Cool Woman by one of my favorite songs of all time, actually, by the Hollies. It's definitely up there. It's in my top ten of all time. And definitely a gateway drug for me getting into metal. What do you think, man? I've seen them. Ooh. You get to the <laughs> oh, Out, Amber. Not your turn. All right, talking oh. gateway drugs to metal. What's up, Kevin? Are you choking? Are you okay? No. no right. <laughs> I know how to do Heimlich on myself. If you run really fast and bend over towards a chair and hit it, yeah, you'll choke that meat right out of your fucking mouth. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, don't, yeah. Kids, cook your meat well and you won't choke on it. <laughs> this actually you know, happened to a friend of mine. Yeah. I'm talking to a friend of mine about a friend of mine, actually, not me, but I know somebody that um, a piece of meat cost them $1,500 in surgery. So. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. So, anyway, that's a story for another time. I'm going to let that guy tell his story because it makes it that much more funny. Uh, yeah, right, back to the meat. Uh, let's see. So, we're talking. Oh, my God. Yeah, we almost, thank God, on the break, you know, Kevin brought this up. We, Sort of glossed over, almost passed up Queen, uh, but not really. Queen was a bit, I had another one bites the dust on 45, and We Are the Champions was huge. We Will Rock You, Stadium Anthem. Um, but little, well, I, I didn't know that Metallica was listening that much to them, but when they, re, they did their own version of Stone Cold Crazy, and it's on the live shit and binge um, uh, uh, box set, and it's pretty much pretty amazing if you like it. I knew Queen's fans that didn't Queen fans that didn't like it back then, but you Hetfield nails it. They just nail it. It's just a faster paced, heavier version of Stone Cold Crazy. I don't know why I haven't heard this. I'm going to have to check that one yeah, out. I'll go on YouTube. There's probably 18 versions of it at this point. <laughs> but it's 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 really good. And so I guess Queen has to be a gateway drug to heavy metal at that point. Uh, among they were, so many they others. Were, uh... You know, when I was a kid and didn't have a guitar yet, you know, I had a tennis racket with a string slung around it. Hockey stick. Would hang it over my neck and air guitar on that to Queen, so. There you go. Hockey stick makes a mean bass. Um. <laughs> a little fishing wire. <laughs> Gets a little weird. Uh, let's see. Cannot forget Rainbow. Stone Cold. Rainbow. Rainbow. Yeah. Our same buddy, Steve. <laughs> When we wanted to listen to White Snake and Dokken, um, or possibly LL Cool J, <laughs> no, boom, slipped in the cassette. It makes that little snappy sound. Rainbow, Stone Cold, and boom, me and you were listening to Rainbow. There we go. Yeah. But you, I didn't think you disliked that. R Richie Blackmore, right? Richie Blackmore, uh, Jolyn Turner on the vocals. There you go. Back then. Um, so, yeah, that song's a classic. Jolyn Turner. Again, it's, uh, you know. Kind of heavy rock, but it it wet the appetite. It was it was a stepping stone. It was the gateway. Priming. I, I want to call it grooming yeah. and priming in my case because I was like, this is good, but until I, me and you, well, I, there were things happening with me uh, when we saw Faith No More and the floor dropped. You know, like <laughs> like that became the live experience when you went and saw a band in a small club as opposed to the old rock gods. Uh, you, it became once again. It, it, you were part of a thing. Uh, what, what do you want to call it? Um, uh, Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, it was yeah, just or physical kind of a culture, I guess, of some kind. It was. Yeah. It just became. Yeah, like there was a period where stadium going to a stadium show wasn't cool anymore. You had to go to the clubs to see the the bands before they got too big. Some of the most memorable shows like that one. Yeah. Uh, 
place in those clubs. I mean, it was, uh, yeah. you know, standing room only and madness, you know, you had to fend for yourself out there. I, I've recently uh, been buying vinyl and I found, I couldn't believe I found uh, one of the opening acts that night when we saw, and we always go back to this faith no more show. Cause it, uh, all you guys know is Epic. If that's all, you know, you don't know who faith no more is. You really don't. Uh, that to me is actually their worst song. However, now that being said, one of the bands that opened up was a band called C-O-P, C-period, O-period, P-period, Cop, Circus of Power. Circus of Power disappeared forever. The guy, the lead singer just said the hell with the industry and left it. But Circus of Power, I, I found them on vinyl recently. I forgot what a great rock and roll band that was. Um, they were kind of doing the Guns N' Roses thing before Guns N' Roses. They were dirty, ugly, and pretty much just out of jail. You know, and I don't know if do you remember, remember, do you remember them? I remember them, and, and I thought... You know, when I first saw them on stage, I'm like, is that Axl Rose? You know, and I, yeah. I don't mean that as a... Oh, no. You're right, though. The guy, the, the lead singer looked like a, a, a mixture between Axl and Slash. Yeah. He really did. But they, if you want to check out Circus of Power, you can still find their videos. Um, their album Vice, um, they, well, the first album, Motor, is the song to check out. And on Vice, oh, Vices, the song Vices itself is a great one to check out. Uh, really they were, they were heavy and, and maybe a little bluesy. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. They had this groove. They had this slow groove thing going. Yes. Yeah. Not a gateway drug. They're, they're like us. They were peers. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we've gone by the wayside yet again. However, uh, let's see. Here's an interesting one. Misfits. Now misfits were punk, but Danzig broke off and did Danzig. So we have to say misfits are a gateway drug. Okay. I no mean, way. I know it's not your deal. It's not your deal, one, but Metallica covered I'm them. I'm not sure about, but I'll go with what I'll go with your yeah. thing on that. Like you know, everybody, this is what what it's about. It was a different influence that mm -hmm. I didn't have, but you heard it, and it was yeah something that steered you toward the same place in a way. In a way, it, it it's a weird. It's it, it depends. It depends who you're around and uh, who you're not around anymore regionally too. Glam rock was really big on Long Island when we were growing up. Uh, there was the rap side of things, and uh, then you had classic rock. But glam rock was the shit during the '80s. Uh, nothing oh, else yeah. sold out the Coliseum like that. No, nope. maybe Madonna. Madonna did. Uh, obviously, Duran Duran did. You know the big pop acts, but. Metal, if you go back to the 80s, they it pretty much, uh, I don't know. It, it took over. Yeah. It did. It took over, and then it, it, it died. You know, like all things, things implode. But you take pieces of it that make sense. And right now we're trying to figure out what brought us to pieces. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there's some alternates here, definitely some strange ones. But I, I have to bring this up, too. Kevin made this strange jump um, to, uh, like, all right, let's start with this. I look at... Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin, hand in hand, you couldn't have metal without one or the other. Some people just claim Black Sabbath. I disagree. I think you need Led Zeppelin, too. Now, I, I say Black Sabbath is to the Stones what Led Zeppelin is to the Beatles. Now, Black Sabbath and the Stones, I'll, I'll explain. Black Sabbath and Stones have this longevity thing. They're still going. They mm -hmm. will die by the sword. Led Zeppelin and the Beatles, short-lived, but the range and variety of songs you cannot deny, you yeah. know, so th that they're gateways in their own. I, I didn't want to include them, but I, I something should be said about them. But and throw, uh, there's a reason for that. But go ahead. go ahead. Yeah, definitely Zeppelin in there. I remember uh, the first two albums. Again, I'll mention my brother because a lot of what he listened to influenced me. So one of his first albums he got was the song remains the same. Mm. And it was like a four record 
set hmm. and hmm. this thing was on all day long. So for me, you know, I, I kind of had Zeppelin pounded into my brain and there's only a few songs I can tolerate anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I, I get it. I, I have their entire library. Great songs, but you know, th- maybe this is a, a show for another day. Uh, Definitely. Really songs that are really great that you never need to fucking hear again. That's so true. That's funny. I, yeah, you know what? They got killed on radio. They got killed. Black Sabbath did not get killed on radio. Um, and I got to say, the new Ozzy album is incredible, uh, except for the stupid shit. I could strangle whoever said, and I know who it was. It was his daughter, Kelly, said that he should get together with that stupid ass. Who's the guy with the tattoos on his face? Oh, no. Yeah. The guy whose name is Post. What the hell is his name? I almost feel better if we don't say it. What's it? Post Malone. Yeah. What what a piece of shit. That, I'm sorry. You know what's great, though? I'm going to make money off him. He has, I purchased um, his Funko Pop. I should say somebody else actually purchased it, and we got it for one of our nieces. And then we realize he's holding a drink and a cigarette. We're like, we can't give this to a seven year old. No, no. I can't give this toy to it. So I'm going to hold on to it and I'm going to sell the motherfucker. And I'm going to make some money off of that piece of shit for ruining Ozzy's album, Post Malone. <laughs> anyway, guys, yeah, listen to the Ozzy album. Listen to the first five songs and you got a solid record. Maybe even more than that. You, you just go over the Post Malone bullshit. I understand what he's doing. He did it for Kelly. Blah. Anyhow, yeah. all right, I, I got to calm down. So, <laughs> anyway, so I just threw the Led Zeppelin Black Sabbath thing in there, um, even though we're not supposed to. But the reason I was doing that is Kevin here took this weird jump, uh, somehow glossing over getting sick of Zeppelin and Sabbath and straight to Megadeth Metallica. But I think there yeah. was one in the middle there. But you took this dive. What, yeah. How did that work? So some of these bands made you take that dive that we've talked about already? Yeah, and, uh, you know, you always run into somebody who has, you know, collections of albums and is kind of ahead of you Mm -hmm. by a couple of years. And uh, so, you know, I got influenced by people that were older that were listening. Okay, they already had Metallica. I'd never heard of them, Um, you know, by the time 84, 1984 came around. Right, yeah. So... The first album I heard by them was Ride the Lightning. Yeah, Fight Fire with Fire was one of the first songs I heard, but Jesus Christ, Kill 'em All is still my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I kind of went back. Yeah. And got a hold of that and, uh, yeah, Jump in the Fire. Right? Jump in the Fire. My favorite Metallica song. If I had two, that's one. Um, yeah. I, I have two. I forget the other one now. It's not important. <laughs> uh, apparently it's not that important uh, but the little known fact about Metallica they had all these all this vinyl that came out really early between um, their Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning there are, there are people with this, these vinyl albums like live Ride the Lightning from like 83, 84 <laughs> and all these weird like EPs and shit all on vinyl that just kind of disappeared yeah. uh, hopefully somebody I hope somebody can convert some of that or at least share, share the wealth. But there was yeah. a shitload of vinyl that came out from Metallica very early on. And um, <laughs> the reason I actually fell into Kill 'em All, and you probably did too, is uh, Dave Mustaine. You know, obviously. Yeah. The, he was my reason for um, loving that album. And, uh, and God bless him. I think he's in recovery now. I know he's going through chemo and all that. I don't know. What have you heard about Dave Mustaine? Anything lately? Well, nothing of late. I thought I saw something on... On social media somewhere, he and his daughter did a song. He had oh, a, good. a mask over his face. He was playing guitar, I believe. Uh, 
I, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I give him all the credit in the world. But yeah, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, well, he was whiny on that uh, what the Metallica movie," and I, you know, fuck you, man, whiny. He got to finally meet the guys that screwed him over. They're, they're lucky he didn't like go through them like like a knife through butter, you know, honestly. But yeah. uh, he pulled out the other emotion, which they were all pretty lucky for that. I think Hetfield was not in the room during that period because uh, they called each other out on several things in books, and one of them was how Mustaine called out Hetfield as a pussy. Um, because he backed down when a girl was getting beat up and Mustaine was like, let's go kick this guy's ass. And Hetfield turned the other way. And oh, huh? okay. Dave followed that through. Didn't, uh, I did read his Yeah. His now, you know, who knows what happened? I love Hetfield too, but, and God bless him. He's going through his relapse right now. So here we are straying once again. Uh, <laughs> We've got a little off. Uh, I'll but, pull it back in. You mentioned the song Fire With Fire. Yes. It was the song, uh, Fight Fire with Fire. Yeah. And we mentioned Kansas. Aha. I figured I'd tie in. And that song Ooh. was kind of a gateway drug to metal for me. I, I heard that off their Greatest Hits album and was like, Ooh. You know, it was kind of scary in a way when you hear it, when you're not into that kind of music and okay. you hear yeah. guitar for the first time. You're like, hmm. But, you know, then, then it's like you're curious and you, you move toward it. Yeah, you're right. It's like, what is that sound? And you're like, I need more of this. Whatever that was was cool. Yeah, thank you. That's so true. I, uh, in a weird way, I was always ad- oh god, this is weird. I shouldn't say this, but all right, I was addicted to the sound of the uh, Tie Fighter from Star Wars because it roared. Yeah, <laughs> I love that sound. Love that. Well, it was the first time in music that I heard something roar. Something had teeth, and it was a freaking power chord. You know. Um, and I, I, God only knows which band of these I could tell you it was. I'm going to go back real deep here to a non-metal band. Uh, I have to talk about Golden Earring, very short-lived band in America. They had 15 songs on the air in Europe. But here, it was Radar Love, not my song, and Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone with the extended bass and guitar solo and yeah. came out in the late 70s, early 80s maybe, early 80s because it was around for roller skating. Um, but you had to get the extended version of of Twilight Zone by Golden Earring. I still to this day have not heard. I've heard I've made bands asked made bands in my base when they played Halloween play that song. And it was so fucking cool. <laughs> it was so cool. If you hear it sped up a little bit and a little bit heavier and crunchier, it's like, oh damn, that's the jam. How do you feel about Golden Earring? Uh I would agree. I would agree. That song You like Radar you know, Love probably. It. For for that one, it's definitely the bass is the hook. Okay, yeah. The bass is definitely the hook. Absolutely, there. absolutely, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, but like, how do you? Um, as far as Golden Earring now, Radar Love. This one's kind of confirmed uh, for Golden Earring because Stupid White Lion redid Radar Love. <laughs> yeah, I know you and uh, our other, uh, other Kevin friend really like what well, Kevin Kevin Hartman. I'll drop that name. Used to like White Lion. I don't know that you did or not. I I didn't mind them. Wait was were, Wait was a good song. Uh, Wait was a good Hugo song. Brada, good guitar player. Yeah, uh, see, he was a good guitar player. Yes. Yeah. I yeah, agree. It wasn't uh, you know they had the song Wait. Mm-hmm. Didn't like the ballads. Wait was good. Wait was a good rock and roll tune. Wait was a good song. You know, then they had when the children cry. Mm, I was screaming. Uh, 
Yeah. No, I know. That one didn't do it for me, but. Yeah, teardrops in my beer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But Gateway, I have to say, because White Lion, though they sh- don't deserve it, are considered metal. They were, in, yeah. They, the hair metal. They, yeah. they were probably one of the bands that made it toward its downturn in the late 80s. I, what's funny is I think a band that we mutually um, grew up listening to, and I, I, you, I think you slipped this by me and didn't realize how much of a fan I am, um, I should let, let's just see what's next on your list. I'm curious. Uh, let's see. I am going to go trying to think of something new. Um, I'm going to say the band Boston. Interesting. That was not my pick, but okay. No, no, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Damn. Uh, you know, more than a feeling, not a metal song. Gateway. Probably falls into the classic rock, but that band was laden with guitars absolutely taking care of business bto yeah i mean yeah it's like it's up there with the btos and kansas um yeah i think i agree with that no i love that song i I think boston uh they made their bones they put a new album out in the early 2000s too but just before the lead singer died i don't know if you know oh yeah Uh, yeah that was a great singer yeah yeah Rest in peace. He, uh, yeah, they put one more one more album out just when XM and Sirius were breaking. I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that dwell here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. All right, Kevin, so what do you have next? Okay, uh, this one was a song that was had some radio play, early 80s. Mm-hmm. Had my boombox with the cassette deck in it. Yes. And you know, recording the songs off the radio when they would come on. Yeah, because we were cool. But, um, this one had it on cassette from the radio for ages, and it was Rock and Roll Fantasy by Bad Company. Bad Company. Definitely a gateway song for me. You know, and I have to say that you are you would be correct, because everybody that was from that period of time, they lo- they whether they like Bad Company or not, they always quote Bad Company as like one of their influences. They did something in the early 90s that was very metal, though, um, and I can't think of the song, but um, right around the time when Robert Plant did his first solo album, Bad Company did one, uh, did an album, and it was very kind of Alice in Chains heavy. Not metal heavy, but heavy. Okay. And I can't think of the damn song, but Bad Company definitely I agree with. And I can't believe I can't think of that song. I can hear the riff. And that was it. 
I can't remember the rest of it. Um, <laughs> so we have the alternates here now. Bad Company's huge. Now, what songs would you say, though, before we get into the alternates that we have here that could be metal influence? You had another one or just Bad Company? Um, I think that's all I have in that category. Well, we, we were talking about one here. Um, you, you mean, uh, oh, okay. I know where we're going with this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, we're going to go with a weird one first. Um, Hall and Oates. Really? <laughs> Hall and Oates. I'm a fan. And people that listen to the show know I am. I've seen them several times, three times. They're amazing. But that little bit, that rich girl, when you get that little Oates guitar riff going in there and you're seven years old, like, hey, this is cooler than the Bee Gees. You know, hmm. like, where, what is this guitar that's happening? It's a little, what are they doing? It's funky even. You know, like that, that rich girl song got me into Hall and & Oates. And it ends up John Oates that. is a pretty good guitarist. One of the bands we were talking about jumping from actually gave you a step toward toward metal how ironic yeah very strange all right i but i was trying to get away from some of this like the kansas and the bostons and even the hall of notes i i just kind of when when metal hit it was like okay what's next what's next what's next um i would be the worst drug addict or the best drug addict in the world because i went uh, mainline some overkill let's go overkill what, what's next okay a mucky pop okay let's go the next the next slayer exodus jesus christ it just never ended for me and still didn't um but Going back, Hole & Oates, rock and roll, funky, and right. the guys can still do it. They have a great band, and I'm sticking I've by them. I'm going to yeah. stick by them. I'm not the only one. I know another metal guy out here that is a huge Hole & Oates fan. He goes by the name Shane, and he's been on these airwaves before. There's a reason why those guys were a big deal. Yeah. So they, they had the talent. They had something going there. I thought maybe you liked them. You weren't a fan? Uh, Hall and Oates, big fan. Oh, okay. Big See, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's your What are your tunes? Do you have any picks there? Uh, oh, geez. I love uh, You Make My Dreams, Private Eyes. You, I, you know, the whole thing. A couple of surprise ones. There's a song, Imagination. Oh. Oh, you got to check this one out. I Great don't know that one. Yeah, check out Imagination. Uh, there was a song, Family Man. Oh, oh, oh I know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a guitar riff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That song, when they play it live, he does do it a little bit heavier, but I always wanted to hear somebody do that song heavy. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to, you know, that's like a heart, heart. What, you, you mentioned Huey Lewis. Um, what is it, heart heart and soul? Like, that could be heavy, too. Even even power of love. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now that, you see, now you cross the line. You, Nah, you went, I went too far. Yeah, eighty stock music. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't. But all right, all right. So I see you and raise you one Billy Idol. Oh, is he a gateway? Billy Idol. Yeah. Steve which, Stevens. Which which song are you thinking? Um. Well, all day today, uh, "Flesh for Fantasy" was in my head, which is not a metal song at all. But Steve Stevens' guitar solo is pretty freaking cool. Um, okay. I know the one that you'd pick, and I had the forty-five. Go ahead and say it. Uh, White wedding. Oh yeah, that that's metal and punk all together in a nice package. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was that was scary when I was, you know. Oh, those girls in leather, frightening, terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah, and him and he had like, didn't he have like the leather going, and everything was black. Oh yeah, yeah. And, you know. Yeah, and, I thought yeah. Steve Stevens' hair could strangle me. I was scared to death of his hair. 
But yeah, it looked like he stuck his finger in a light socket. <laughs> yeah, he still does. But he had uh, Steve. So it is kind of proven here because Billy Idol, Steve Stevens went on to do Steve Stevens and his Atomic Playboys, a uh, metal sort of glam band for that time period. So Billy Idol qualifies. Uh, yeah. Hole Notes, uh, that's up to the person. Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> do you have any more? Because I have one more that's kind of interesting and we could leave them hanging with this one. Yeah, I was kind of uh, one. Uh, we said no Van Halen, but mm-hmm. this particular one was. It was done by a pop star, but it could easily be a metal song, and I bet you a few have actually covered it. Okay, uh, beat it. Ooh, that's an alternate. You got a heavy metal guy in there. Beat it by Michael Jackson. So Eddie Van Halen, of course, was I guess hired in to to play the guitars on it, mm-hmm. but. Just put the song on and listen to that riff. Yeah, that's a metal, that's a gateway metal song right there. Sold a billion records. Got, I mean, yeah. geez, got them both on the map. But both of them were already on the map. They didn't need that. But that combination opened them up to each other's audiences. Yeah, it's gold. Yeah, great collaboration. It's gold. It's like Aerosmith and Run DMC. That was just a gold relationship. <laughs> um, we didn't yeah, say they're... Aerosmith. We didn't say Aerosmith because they're still kind of going. And to me, they're classic rock. I think they definitely were a gateway, but they were on too many drugs to be a gateway drug at that time. <laughs> yeah, weren't they? They were kind of out of the picture yeah. in those, those years from like 80 until they released Permanent Vacation or, or when they did the... Uh, the collaboration with Run DMC, yeah. they were kind of dead. You know, you you kind of knew about Dream On and you knew Walk This Way, and you know, unless you were a little older, I was a little too young for for some of their me too old songs to know what they all were. I am um, have I'll, access to them. I actually, you are correct. We were a little too young, but in sixth grade, um, uh, I was friends with Brian DeVoe, and he was uh, the guitarist and one of the singers and creators of Nine Days another Long Island band. We've had them on here before. The Story of a Girl. Absolutely, Story of a Girl was their big hit. Uh, Brian DeVoe was, he had MTV before anybody else. And I used to go over his house and watch it after, this is sixth grade, fifth and sixth grade. And he would try, try to turn me on to Aerosmith all the time. He was like way ahead of the game. Like, I don't know who these guys are. And I remember him pulling out this magazine, showing me Aerosmith. And he's just like, I want to be these guys. I'm like, I don't even know who the fuck this is. You know, I, just like, and I always had that picture in my head, Aerosmith. And like, it would be like, Four years later, they would be on top of the world again. Yeah, you yeah, know? right. So, yeah. yeah. They came back really fast. Saw them live with uh, one of my other favorite bands opened up for them, Dockin. Yeah. Oh. Kevin Hartman. Yeah. Went with me, and that was a great show. Wait, wait, wait. Kevin, oh, oh, oh that was the uh, the Dockin Aerosmith one? Yeah. I was at yeah. that one, too. <laughs> Dockin yeah, kind of fucked up. Yeah. Dockin kind of fucked up that night. Maybe you saw them again. I saw them. Steve was with me that time. But uh, one, he, he somebody threw something at Don Dock. Don Dock got hit with a penny in his nuts, and he said, "If it was me and you, be two hits, and you on the floor, yeah. and the whole crowd booed him." Don Dock and you're a schmuck, blah blah blah. <laughs> and meanwhile, Jeff and George, George Lynch, Jeff Pilson are still playing while he's trying to yell at a guy in the front row, and just a mess. Yeah. Well, not good. I want to see Dock and Rock, and it just didn't happen. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to end on something here, and you let me know what you think. I'm not a fan of any of these bands, but I respect them, and I like at least one song from one of them, well, two. Um, all right, Genesis, Yes, and Rush. I feel that Rush grabbed tons of metal fans. 
Yeah. I think they did. Genesis and yes, prog rock. And that's where they kind of ended. Yeah, more progressive, but, uh, you know, there's elements of metal in there. There are. There are. I would definitely say. You know, the orchestration, it's a little more, Mm -hmm. you know, put together than your standard. I like to say they were were smarter than me. (laughs) I just wasn't ready for it. Yeah, time signature changes and key changes, you know. Yeah. We're, you know, a little beyond our experience at the time, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Some of the other, uh, you know, some of the prog metal bands that came out cite bands like Kansas, Genesis, and uh, and yes, it's heavy influences. So Absolutely. All right, well, we're going to go out with a song. I want to thank Kevin Matthews, the man on the street for Kettle Whistle Radio, for chiming in once again during this Apocalypso story arc. And uh, I don't know, guys, we're there to keep you company. If we offend you, then just don't listen, because I'm going to continue to do that. And uh, Think about your own gateways. What What got you here? Yeah, why are you listening? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Because you might have some that we left out. Yeah. You know, it's, it's different for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. They, they know to send it to kettlewhistleradio at gmail.com. And uh, I'm at Fairly Dark on the evil Twitter, the evil that is Twitter, but I find a lot of you guys there. So let's not color the kettle black. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, everything is at www.fairlydarkproductions.com. All the episodes. Buy a book or a comic book, keep it cheap, whatever you want to do. You help this thing rolling, and we appreciate it. And we're all there for you guys and you indie artists out there. And that's why we talk smack on some of these guys that have money. So, anyhow, <laughs> anything in closing, Kevin? you have any announcements or anything you want to? No, just be good to one another. Stay oh. six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quit. Are you all right, man? All right. Oh. I'm good. I didn't corona you over Skype, did I? No. That'd be awful. All right, stop hugging old people. All right, we love you. Bye. Bye.
Podcast. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.